Imagine with me, if you will, just for a few moments, what it must have been like to be one of Jesus' followers in those days, trying to process all that was happening. I mean, it had all happened so fast in the last several hours. He was arrested. This guy you'd spent three plus years with, admiring, getting to know, loving, a guy that was changing your life and the lives of so many people, they arrested him, accused him of things he wasn't guilty of. Then you watched him be beaten to almost beyond recognition. And then they nailed him to this Roman torture structure called a cross. And he died. And then they buried him. And here you are trying to figure out what to do next. The scriptures tell us that his followers, even his closest followers, his disciples, immediately went into hiding, fearing that they would be next. I mean, they were grieving the loss of their friend, Jesus. Trying to process, as any of us would, what this means, what happens now. Probably bringing them to the point where they began to doubt everything that they thought they believed. I mean, have you ever been so racked with despair? That you begin to doubt everything you thought? Say, I've always thought this. I always I thought this was right. I felt this was right. You begin to doubt what it, what it is you, you were so sure about to begin with. This is where they found themselves. Oddly enough, they had forgotten that over the last three and a half years, Jesus actually told them on more than one occasion that all of this was going to happen exactly like it did. And he would be murdered, buried, and that even he would resurrect, come back from the dead. And somehow, all that had slipped their mind. Now, I don't know how you forget information like that. Evidently, though, what they had just seen and witnessed and experienced had been so bad and so intense, it caused almost like a mind block. And they'd forgotten everything that Jesus had told them at least in that moment. And then, one of Jesus' close followers named Mary, not his mother Mary, but another Mary, comes to them with this amazing, hard to believe, I'm not sure if I even know how to process this news, that his body was missing, and that it really wasn't missing, even though it appeared that it's missing, he's actually alive, and that she saw him, and that she talked with him, and that Jesus had rose from the dead just like he said. And about that time, the scriptures say that they began to remember, yeah, I think he did say something about this. I did think he referred to something like this. This, Yeah, I think that day I remember. So they began to piece together things from here and there. But I just imagine that chaos ensued, right? 
I mean, think about it. If someone you loved, you watched them die and they were buried and then you find out that they're back, would that not mess with you just a bit? I mean, we don't even have a category in our brains for that. It goes against everything we've experienced when it comes to death. We've all had that experience, right? Where we go to a funeral or a memorial service of someone we love, maybe a family member, a friend, a coworker, or maybe you're there because they're your arch enemy and you just want to make sure they're dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it happens. And, and then afterwards, you know, you get in the long line and, and you go to the cemetery. You know what that experience is like. You know, you get there, words are said, things are shared, prayers are prayed. If you stick around long enough, you would actually watch them lower the casket into the ground. Not many people stick around for that part. But here, here's the conversation that never happens when you leave a cemetery after a moment like that. Hey, guys, don't worry. He'll be back. I'll give him three days tops. Right. You don't expect to bump into him at Target. You just don't. Or at the ball field. Hey, hey, I think that's Johnny. Hey, Johnny, look who's back from the dead. I know. We, we, it's so comical, right? We don't even have a, a category in our brains to be able to process that. So imagine when they heard that Jesus was alive and then when they saw him, Chaos ensued. How do you even process that? What does this mean? What did it mean for them? <laughs> More importantly for us, what does it mean for me and you? We'll get there. But first, I'm going to tell you a story. A true story, not made up, historically accurate. It happened. About a guy named Abe. Not Abe Lincoln, Abe Raham. Abraham, 2,000 years before Jesus was on earth, Abraham lived. And even if you're not a church-going kind of person, you're not familiar with how church things work, you've probably heard the name Abraham and associate it with church and God and things like that, especially the Old Testament part of the Bible, and you would be right. So let me just hit some highlights. Abraham was one of the first guys who ever lived that we know for certain began to discover that God was not some distant, disconnected, far-off God, that you could actually have a personal relationship with God, that you could actually have a friendship with God. As a matter of fact, Abraham was called the friend of God. He had a very interesting connection with God, and he was beginning to learn in those early days what God was like and what it was like to know God. And God told Abraham one day, he made Abraham a promise. He said, Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. And as history would play itself out, his descendants became the nation of Israel. But specifically, God said, I'm going to make your descendants so numerous. Your children are going to be so many. They're going to number like, like the stars of the heaven. You won't be able to count them. Or, or like the grains of sand on the seashore. You, you won't be able to count them. That's how big your family is going to be, Abraham. I mean, that's a big promise, especially to a guy that had no kids. He had no kids. And especially no son. And back then, if you're going to have descendants and pass on a family line, you'd better have a son. 
And to make the problem worse, he was old, like really old, like creaky old, 90 plus old. I don't know if there's anybody here or anybody watching online that's 90, but hats off to you for making it that long. Wow, 90. You know, most of us don't even know anybody 90 years old or over. Now, some of you do, but just imagine with me. If you know anybody that's 90, imagine at Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter over lunch, they say, hey, I have an announcement to make. Um, we're going to have a baby. <laughs> and we're hoping for a boy. <laughs> right? <laughs> what do you do with that? I know some of you are thinking, you're like, ooh. <laughs> but here's the interesting thing. Abraham bought it. Abraham actually believed. And he trusted. And he put his hope in God. Even though at first he thought it was kind of comical and Sarah thought it was hilarious, right? His wife, Sarah. Because they're both 90 plus. Here's what we find out that Abraham knew. He just had a hunch. We find out in the scriptures later on in the New Testament what Abraham was thinking. Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. That's what we're told about Abraham. That's what Abraham believed. That's what he was thinking. That's what he believed to be true about this God he was getting to know. He just, he's the kind of God. I just know he is. I know he's the kind of God that can bring the dead back to life and create new things out of nothing. So a little bit later, Sarah finds out she's having a baby. She's pregnant. And then they have a boy, and they name him Isaac. <laughs> so what happened? Talking about bringing dead things back to life. Creating new things out of nothing, like really nothing. Now relax, I know there's a line there somewhere, and I think it's back there. <laughs> Woo. Telling you, didn't have modern medicine back then, but old is old, right? I don't care what century you're living in. And so for the very first time, get it, and all joking aside, for the very first time in a very real, undeniable way, because biology and anatomy don't lie, Abraham knew, yeah, yeah. He is the God. They can bring dead things back to life and create new things out of nothing. Then God asked Abraham to do something very difficult. Something that to us seems wrong, seems unthinkable, seems like why would a loving God ask this of anybody? And God asked Abraham to sacrifice his own son, Isaac. To show his great faith in God, to show his love for God. Now, hang with me. That was a primitive time. 2,000 years before Jesus came. 4,000 years ago for us, very primitive time. In those days, sacrifice, even child sacrifice, was not as un thinkable as it is to us today, was not a highly uncommon practice. In fact, it was pretty common in pagan religions. So Abraham was just getting to know God. 
This, this relationship with God was just, he just getting to know, and he had a hunch that God was the kind of God that brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. And sure enough, Sarah's pregnant, and we had a baby, and that was like a dead thing, and there's like nothing going to happen. And then all of a sudden, now wait, God must be this kind of God, and you want me to sacrifice my son? What? What was he thinking? So Abraham knew this, though. Okay. I believe God is the kind of God that can bring the dead back to life. So if I have to go through with it, he'll bring my son back. And he creates new things out of nothing. But here's what Abraham did not know. He did not know that God had a plan. He had a limited view. That's important. We'll come back to that. He had a limited view. He had no idea what God had up his sleeve. So he decided, in spite of all of that, to be willing, and he prepared to do what God had asked him to do. Not knowing that God had a plan the whole time. So he goes up this mountain with Isaac. And at the moment of truth, when he gets ready to sacrifice his son in honor to God, this God he was getting to know, and I don't understand why you would ask me to do this. It seems counter to your character. It doesn't seem right. But if you say so, God, I believe you're the God that can bring the dead back to life and create new things where there was nothing. The moment of truth, God distracted Abraham over into the thicket. There was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. God said, there's your sacrifice. And God provided a substitute sacrifice for Isaac, and Isaac was saved. That was God's plan the whole time, but Abraham didn't know that. He had a limited view. Now, fast forward 2,000 years back to the first century Jesus' closest followers are trying to process all this, his death, burial, and now the news on the street is he's alive. Mary said it, Peter's saying it, John is saying it, and now and there he is. He's like in the room with us. What do I do with all of this? So see, these were Jewish boys. So being in the line of Abraham, they knew about Abraham, and they knew about Isaac. They knew the story. They grew up with it. But they had not yet made the connection between what happened with Abraham and Isaac and what they were watching happen right before their very eyes with Jesus. See, there's a much deeper tie-in. Abraham was asked to sacrifice his one and only heir apparent son, biological son. And in the moment of truth, God provided a substitute sacrifice to save Isaac. Fast forward 2,000 years. God had sent his one and only son, Jesus, as the substitute sacrifice for mankind, every man, woman, boy, girl, in the past, present, and the future, which includes us. So God was doing it again. He was doing the same thing, but he was doing it once and for all now. And Jesus was the final and the great sacrifice for all time and all people. And then Jesus is alive. And all of that just proves that God is the God who brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. Abraham thought it was true. He really believed it was true. He had a hunch that it was true. And God proved it and sealed the deal when Christ resurrected. What's this teach us about God? It teaches us that God is a God of life. That with God, death never has the final say. 
Never, not for me, not for you, not for anyone who embraces Jesus. Death never has the final say. He's a God of life, a God of new beginnings. I mean, why would, why would Abraham even be willing to consider? Because he believed that was true about God. That God is a God of life. God is a God of new beginnings. He's the God that would bring the dead back to life if necessary and create new things out of nothing. And that's what the disciples were watching and his followers were watching right in front of their eyes. And it's the reality that you and I get to live in today. That God is a God that brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. I hope by now this is getting tattooed on your brain and in your soul when you leave here in just a little bit, I want this to be a refrain that just plays on repeat in your mind that God is a God that brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. God is a God that brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. I'm going to be okay. It's going to be okay because I serve a God and I know a God that Abraham knew and that the disciples knew. He's the same God that was then, that is now, that brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. Now, for the disciples, this was so huge for them and made such an impact in their lives, they all ended up giving their lives for Jesus. Every one of them died as a martyr. They all ended up giving their lives because of Jesus in one way or another. I'm talking about guys that were in hiding, thinking, it's over, it's the end. It was a nice run. They're going to come for us next. We better lay low. I guess it all just was nothing. And now they see the resurrected Lord. Now they see the reality of what God is doing. And now they're living their lives for God and giving their lives for Jesus. Hey, listen, I've experienced it in my own life. In my own personal life, the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ at work in my life in ways you cannot convince me. That God is not the kind of God that brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. Because I've been through too much. I've seen too much. I've experienced way too much to believe anything other than what Abraham knew and what the disciples experienced. That this is the kind of God he is. I've seen God bring life to dead situations in my life. To create new things out of nothing moments in my family. In my health in our finances. I've seen God do it. And I know some of you are thinking, you're thinking, oh, well, that's because you're a pastor and you got the inside track. You guys are supposed to say that. What you get paid to do? No. Here's something else you need to know. Because I'm a pastor, for all these years, I've had a front row seat to watching God do the very same thing Time after time after time after time, story after story after story after story in people's lives just like you and you and you and you and you. That God brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. I've seen God resurrect dead marriages, dead families, dead lives, dead hopes, dying dreams, nothing emotions, nothing relationship, nothing futures. I've seen God create new things where nothing was been. When people say, it's over, we're finished, it's not going to work for us, it's, I'm done, we're through, I quit. And God turns it around time and time and time again because that's just who he is. 
That's how he works. And I know you're probably sitting there thinking, well, what's this got to do with me? Well, it's got everything to do with you. See, I, I understand it's Easter, and I know on Easter people uh, you come to church and they expect you know, to hear about the resurrection and talk about the resurrection, but many people just assume it's just something we're going to celebrate that happened way back when, and isn't that so nice to know, and isn't it so encouraging to know, but they don't see the connection between what happened 2,000 years ago and what Abraham began to believe 4,000 years ago in 2017, what it means for them. And here's what it means for you, that God is a God that brings the dead back to life in your life. And in your life, we'll begin to create new things out of nothing. I know in a crowd this size, there are many of you that walked in here with dead and dying areas of your life. I know it. Many of you walked in here thinking this is the end. I'm not, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna make it. You're looking in the mirror in areas of your life, and, and I don't know what area you know. You're looking at it and going, and this is, this is over. It wasn't supposed to be like this. You're thinking and feeling what the disciples felt when they were looking around going, this wasn't supposed to happen this way. You look in your life and go, it wasn't supposed to happen this way. This is not what I planned. This was not what I hoped. This is not what I prayed and you're living a life that you can hardly even believe is yours. I can't believe I'm in this situation. Whatever that might be for you. And what's sad is that many of us believe that Jesus is alive, but we choose to live our life like he's still dead. I want you to think about that. Historically, we believe that Jesus is alive, that the resurrection happened, but we live our lives in defeat and discouragement and despair as though he's still dead and it never happened. Here's what you need to know. You have a limited view. Just like Abraham had no idea what God has up his sleeve as he was climbing that mountain. Mountain that at the top, he just assumed it was over. This is the end. I've got one biological son. I can't believe that I'm getting ready to lose my one and only son. That the promise of God was going to come through. I can't believe this. But in the back of his mind, he's got this hunch. Yeah, but I do believe that God is a God that brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. And just like Abraham the same is true for you. You have a limited view. You have absolutely no idea what God has up his sleeve in that situation in your life that you think is over, that you think this is a dead end. I'm never going to make it. You have no idea what God's plan is for that relationship, for that situation, for that emotion, for that fear, for that opportunity that you're staring at. But I can promise you, he's got a plan. You say, well, what is it? I don't know. But don't you want to know? Here's what you do. Come back and embrace the truth that God is the God who brings the dead back to life and creates new things. There was nothing. Because the end is never over with God. And for those of you who see dead purpose and dead meaning in life and you don't even know why you're here. You ever been there where you're just wondering, some of you are there right now, I don't even know why I'm alive. I don't even know why I'm around anymore. Even to the point that some of you may even be contemplating, is there a purpose for me at all? God is a God for you that will bring the dead back to life 
in your life and create new things out of nothing and give you something worth living for and bring you life in all of its fullness. You just have to receive it. You have to receive it and let him work in you and prove it. Now, that doesn't mean your life is going to be perfect. No, we all live on the same messed up planet together. And until, until God changes that and we get to heaven, it's going to be difficult for everybody from time to time. It just, just is. It's a reality. But even then, God specializes in the most horrible situations, raising the dead, creating new things out of nothing. For some of you, you've made some dead-end choices. And you have so messed up your life and you are witnessing and living out the destruction that that decision years ago has brought in your life. And you can't believe what you did and what you said and now the mess it's created. I'm telling you, the good news is, is that God brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. So that means for you and those horrible choices that you have made, God can forgive you, restore you, give you hope, give you a new beginning and a fresh start by his grace. You don't get a do-over, but you get a do-again. For others of you, it's your relationships that are dead. You're in a dead marriage. You're in a dead family relationship with your child, with your parent, with your brother, with your sister. You have a dead friendship. You have a relationship that you've given up on, that other people have given up on, that everybody else is saying you just need to count your losses and move on. See, it's never too far gone, and it's never too late to give up. There's no need to give up. There's always hope when you believe that God is a God that brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. See, it's the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ at work in your life and my life even today in our relationships. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know if it's a money thing, uh, your dreams, your hopes. I don't know if it's a job thing or a health thing or fear, worry, anxiety. Heck, I don't know, maybe you're in your 90s and you're looking to start a family. <laughs> it's happened, at least once. <laughs> I can just promise you this. God is a God that will bring the dead back to life and create new things out of your nothing. So say, well, how? How's he going to do it? I don't know. I don't know. I have a limited view. I'm like Abraham. You're like Abraham. I have a limited view. You have a limited view. But this is what we know, is that we know a God and we serve a God, not that's distant and disconnected and way far off. He is close, and Jesus is proof that he brings the dead back to life. Abraham had a hunch. Jesus nailed it down. That he brings the dead back to life, and he offers that life to us and creates new things where there's nothing. So my challenge to you is to let him do it. Got to let him do it. The only thing that would stop him is you. He's not going to force it on you. But if you'll receive it, the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ will go to work in your life. And he will work in you if you allow him to work in you. And he will begin to resurrect those dead and dying things 
and begin to create newness out of nothingness. That's just who he is. That's just what he does. Pray with me. Our Father, we thank you for the truth that you are the God that brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. I don't always understand how you do it. I don't always see it coming, but it's so good to know that that is just how you do things. Abraham knew it, and then he experienced it. And time after time after time throughout the years, it's happened over and over and over again in people's lives, just like us. And then Jesus came and sealed the deal that that's just who you are and how you work. And I know in this room there are people with dead and dying situations in their lives. And they're looking for help and they're looking for hope. May we be captured by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, not as just a historical event 2,000 years ago, but as a current day 2017 reality. Help us work with you as you work in us to bring the dead back to life and create new things out of nothing. In Jesus' name, amen.